Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of The Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. me watch while you were sleeping i did which is coincidental because i like to watch you sleep mm. Mm-hmm. right i watch you a lot when you sleep no sometimes i just stand at the side of the bed no. and stare at you for no, hours you don't. <laughs> i hope you don't anyway oh my god i sway back and forth slowly no don't be weird i watch while you are sleeping oh my god <laughs> this was a lot of fun i really enjoyed it yeah, I mean, it's totally wacky. I mean, honestly, it's basically about a crazy woman who interlopes into a family. <laughs> but as a rom-com, I think it works. When it came out in 1995, mm-hmm. I avoided it like a plague just because I heard of the premise and I was like, you know what? I just, I don't think so. It just sounds creepy and awful. Mm-hmm. And I really liked sandy bullock a lot yes after seeing demolition man and then her in speed Mm -hmm. i was like she is charming and fun she is i loved her after this movie right yeah and bill pullman Mm -hmm. you know i've been a fan of his since Spaceballs. he is amazing and i think i told you this yesterday when i saw this movie in 1995 my little 13 year old heart was like i he's the perfect man (laughs) yeah and i was in love with him and when we saw him later when we um were living in la he was at the ralph's by that we shopped at and it was like the day before thanksgiving he was just like buying groceries probably for thanksgiving and he was so nice to everybody and was so charming and just like bagged his own groceries and like Yeah, he bagged his own groceries. He was kind to the cashier. Mm-hmm. He had his beard, but he was still very recognizable. Oh as yeah, Bill you Pullman. knew it was him, yeah. And people were kind of doing double takes and he was just kind of smiling and nodding. Yeah, he was like, Yeah, hi, you know. My favorite part of seeing him shopping the night before Thanksgiving was the fact that he had one pant leg rolled up like he rode his bicycle. I believe he did because yeah. he does live like I think he lives up in the hills like on the nicer side yeah. of uh, Hollywood Boulevard. But yeah, yeah, I think he just was like, oh, I'll just ride my bike down and our one run in with Bill Pullman. And he was as delightful as you would like to imagine he is. Yes. I was like, I love him even more now. He's. <laughs> 
so this lovely. Is, this is how much I avoided this movie. Mm-hmm. I did not see While You Were Sleeping in 1995, but I did go see Lost Highway with Bill Pullman in 1997. All right. And since we're just talking about celebrity cameos and st- or celebrity appearances or Celebrity whatever. run-ins, yeah. Yeah, celebrity sightings. I saw Lost Highway for the radio station I was working at in New Orleans, mm-hmm. and it was while Marilyn Manson was recording Antichrist Superstar. Uh. So Laura and I sat next to uh, Jordy, a.k.a. Twiggy Ramirez, oh. and his little brother. And we watched Lost Highway, and uh, I believe that's the one that Twiggy and Marilyn Manson both have a cameo in, too. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Also saw Beavis and Butthead do America with uh, Better Than Ezra and Marilyn oh, Manson. That's right. Yep. That's cool. This was, it was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid, because... I don't know. I didn't have any real idea what good movies were. So just like rom-coms and like, you know, comedies. Yeah, when you hear the premise about this one, I was like, oh, really? So this woman just kind of scams. But then you You find out that, yeah, it is just miscommunication and there just isn't a good time to bring up the fact that there was a misunderstanding. Yes. And it's not like she's like. Oh yeah, no, this like I it's not like she she outwardly like crazy lies to this family cuz basically the premise of the movie is this woman is a CTA worker in Chicago and there's a guy who takes the L train. Oh, this was shot in Chicago? I don't know if it was shot in Chicago, but it's set in Chicago. Oh, really? It was set in Chicago. They were very subtle about that. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so she's a transit worker. And there's a guy who takes the L train every day who she has, she's never talked to him before, but she just thinks he's gorgeous. And she just, you know, like you do, I guess, when you're young, you just have like a fantasy. You're like, oh, he's so, you know, he's the most handsome guy that I see every day. So she just has a fantasy in her head that she's going to marry him. Nothing serious. But um, one day he goes. It's just like daydreaming. Yeah, just daydreaming. Daydreaming crush. Yeah. And on Christmas Day, she's working, and some guys try to mug him, and he ends up getting pushed onto the tracks and knocked unconscious. She jumps onto the tracks, rolls him off of them, and saves his life. Yeah. But when they get to the hospital, they won't let her see him, because she goes to the hospital to make sure he's okay. And uh, they won't let her see him, and she kind of says to herself, like, ugh. Man, I was going to marry him. And a nurse overhears. And so she's like, oh, you know, let me take you back to go see him, thinking that she's his fiance. And when his family comes in, she's in the room and a doctor makes a big deal about her being there. They're like, that's his fiance. She's allowed to be here. And his family's like, wait, what? Peter's engaged? And then they're just so excited to meet her because she seems like such a nice girl and it's yeah, very overwhelming. We find out that Peter's kind of a schmuck. Yeah, he's kind of an ass. I do have to say, though, if you want to have a movie where you have someone acting in a coma, Pete Gallagher's the way to go with that. Yeah, he did a great job. Yeah, because once he there. comes through, like, his eyebrow acting game is like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he has, like, very pronounced eyebrows, as we all know. 
Um, it makes you wonder if Dan Levy watched while you were sleeping and was like, you know what? I can. I should own my eyebrows. And he does. Yeah. And he does. You and I sitting here with our very <laughs> fair eyebrows. Listen, I don't even have eyebrows. Mine are tattooed on my face. So believe me, I wish I had eyebrows. <laughs> I have eyebrow jealousy. I'm, I'm admitting it. Yeah, I, I do too. That's why I tattooed them on my face. You know, the whole cast of this movie is so good. Mm-hmm. Pete Gallagher's parents are played by Peter Boyle. And Glennis Johns, mm-hmm. we just saw Glennis Johns as the horrible mom in The Ref, but she's yes. really delightful in this. Well, no, Glennis Johns plays the oh, grandma. Yeah, she's the grandma. I'm sorry. Yeah, the yeah. mom is uh, McCole McCurio, who is delightful. Why isn't she in more movies playing like the quintessential Midwestern mom? I don't know, because she, she does the ma, because uh, Glennis plays her mother, so she's like, ma. Ma, why are you doing this? It it just, I was like, oh man, this is so Midwest. I love it. Yeah, like she has a lot of roles and stuff, but she doesn't get to play like Midwestern mom a lot, which, you know, I know she's, that that's not really a dream role, but I suppose, she's so good at it. But she's lovely and oh my God, she and Peter Boyle together are just, mm, mwah. And a very young Monica Kina from Undeclared. Undeclared. The younger sister. Yep. But the standout for me for the family is Saul, played by the legendary Jack Warden. Yeah. He's he's uh, he's their neighbor and also Peter's godfather, so he's basically family. Now, Jack Warden is one of those character actor type guys who, aside from maybe like 12 Angry Men, he doesn't really have a lot of roles that are as meaty as this that I've seen anyway. Mm-hmm. And just to see him really get to shine as not just a yeah. seventh name on the call sheet or whatever, mm-hmm. but, you know, basically being a... He's kind of the second lead in the movie. Yeah. Like, he's one of the second or third leads in the he's movie. He's so good. He's so oh my great. God. And then Bill Pullman plays the other brother. Right. Um, Peter Gallagher's brother. So Saul has a scene where, like, the night after everyone thinks that Lucy played by Sandy Bullock, is the fiancé. She goes to the hospital late at night and she's like to, you know, just kind of sit there with him and kind of try to get it off her chest that she's lied. And Saul happens to be there and overhears. So he knows pretty early on that they're not actually engaged, that she's just some girl who, you know, to be fair, saved his life. To be fair. To be fair. Saved, you know, saved his life. You know, she jumped on the tracks and pulled him out of harm's way. She, you know, if she wasn't there, he wouldn't be. Basically what happens is then, you know, they invite her to Christmas because they had to go to the hospital on Christmas because Peter was in that accident. So they invite her to Christmas and Bill Pullman doesn't show up until everybody's basically in bed. He has no idea about this whole fiance thing. So the little sister is like, oh, yeah. That's Peter's fiance. That's Lucy. She's great. You're going to love her. And he does. And he does. He's immediately suspicious, though, because I think in his head, he's like, there's no way Peter would go for a girl like this. She's too good. Like, Yeah, because we do meet his real, like, the 
woman he did propose to. Yes. And she is polar opposite and just completely awful. Yes, totally awful. She ends up going to his apartment to feed what ends up being his actual fiance's cat because they give her like all his belongings. And while she's, you know, kind of going through them, she finds a can of cat food and it's like, oh my God. So she goes to, you know, his apartment and goes to feed the cat and runs into Bill Pullman there. And they have all these instances where they're kind of like running into each other. And yeah, it's a very classic, like noises off kind of stage play kind of. Yeah. Yeah. This shocked me not to derail you right now, but kind of going hand in hand with what you're talking about, the way that the Bill Pullman character is the one who's skeptical and kind of like, the audience surrogate of like wait a second yeah and the way that they very organically set up the way that she would know the answer to all of his questions yes the writing in this movie also because like i said based on premise i was like that sounds like a really problematic piece of shit movie yeah but they managed the two writers managed to totally pull it off yes it's written by dan g sullivan and Frederick Lebeau, Mm -hmm. this is the only movie they've written. Which is shocking to me because, like you said, they do set it all up so that you understand how she knows all of these personal things about him. Like, um, you know, she goes to the apartment and she's getting ice because she accidentally hits Bill Pullman in the face with a door. So she goes to get him ice. So she, when she opens the freezer, she can see what kind of ice cream he likes. You know, so that's a thing that he asks her, like, what's his favorite ice cream? You know, so she knows because she's seen it. Or when they're like, we really don't. He's like, I just don't understand. This happened so fast. Is there something that you can tell us that can prove that you are who you say you are? And at one point earlier in the movie, she runs into a, one of Peter's co-workers who tells her a story about how there was an accident about a month ago where he was playing basketball with a buddy. The guy had a pencil in his back pocket, stabbed Peter in the testicle. He only has one testicle. So, like, how would she know that? Yeah. It's just one of those things where it just happens. She just knows this because of the beautiful writing in this movie. It is very well done. And, like, the shot of showing the ice cream, they just kind of linger on that just long enough just long enough it's directed really well too it's directed by john turtletaub mm-hmm. who is a usc guy graduated in 1988 from usc so this is you know seven years out of college mm-hmm. and still directs he's directed a couple episodes of zoe's extraordinary playlist mm-hmm. that uh new musical tv yeah, series the musical that's on with uh jane levy yeah and he did like uh it's kind of neat too because he went to high school with Nicolas Cage. Oh fine. And uh he directed Nicolas Cage and National Treasure Book of Secrets. Oh cool, cool, cool. And the first National Treasure. Oh nice. But he directed Cool Runnings a couple of years prior to this. Like That was a good one. Yeah. He's this movie's directed really well. It is directed really well. It's super it's really fun because like There's the scene where Sandy Bullock and Bill Pullman are walking back to Sandy Bullock's apartment. Mm-hmm. Like he's walking her home. Yeah. They're slipping around on the ice. And you know that they're going to have that classic romantic comedy shot where they just kind of look in each other's eyes. And, yes. you know, the world stops and everything. Yeah. And you just know that 
they're falling in love. Yeah, but the way he kind of holds that comedy a little bit kind of builds up the tension where you're like, come on, look into each other's life. Like, yeah, it's directed really well. I, it is. It's fantastic. I definitely questioned your taste in romantic comedies. I know you did, and I understand. But, but this movie is a, I'll say it, it's a great romantic comedy. Thank you. This is a very cool movie that I would put up as like a Christmas movie and revisit yeah, every it year happens, or every couple of years know. or whatever. Yeah. I think it's really fun. I think, um, so Michael Raspoli is also in this movie. Yeah, he was very funny. He plays like the landlord's son. The landlord's son. like kind of deadbeat son. Yeah, Joe Jr. Joe Jr. He's got a crush on Sandy Bullock because of course. And he's just sort of a creep, but you know, a creep. Like he's a goon, but with a heart of gold, essentially. his He's a scene stealer for sure. He's so funny. Uh, at one point he's like, you, me, Friday night. And then he just shows her like a set of tickets and she's like, what is that? He's like, ice capades. I know a guy. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. As we're calling out great performances in this movie, Jason Bernard, the late Jason Bernard, mm -hmm. who plays Sandy Bullock's boss. Boss. Who's uh, kind of like a father figure to her. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Because her dad is dead. I remember seeing him in V. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's just one of those character actors who, when he shows up, I'm always kind of happy to see him. He was so great in this. And he's really like, he's also kind of like the voice of reason where he's like, yeah, you need to just tell these people the truth or you're insane or this whole situation is super complicated and you're crazy and you need to just cut the cord. He's really fun, too, because he's also like, listen, what you're doing is crazy. Yeah. You have to tell these people. But you can see why she doesn't because she's as it's established early on that her father died and her mother was you know passed away when she was young so it's just her and her cat and she doesn't really have a ton of friends she works a lot so she's just kind of by herself and you can see like how people showering her with love and affection would be hard to let go of yeah and they address that too because so peter comes out of the coma and you think, oh, it's all over for her. Because <laughs> he's like, who are you? And they're like, oh, he has amnesia. <laughs> Which, I love that response. Yeah. And I think that works, too. Because why would your mind go to the, like, oh, she's lying? Yeah. Like, you would think, like, oh, no, like, he must not remember. Like, there must be something. He, he hit his head. A good screenplay is just kind of, like, taking you from point a to point b but you keep having to go on detours because monkey wrenches get thrown into yeah. uh the works and these guys did a great job of throwing monkey wrenches in there mm -hmm. and now i'm kind of mad that they didn't do more writing unless they're script doctors or something like that Maybe. I, I don't Who and knows? they probably sold a lot more scripts probably but man i would be so happy if they had more movies made yeah and it's such a sweet ending too because basically saul saul is supposed to try and help her confess to the family and he just can't do it because i think he's charmed by her as well and he's like she is really great and he cares about her and he just doesn't want to hurt her either so he sits down with peter and he's like listen man we all love her if you can't find a reason not to love her, 
then you need to ask her to marry you. Mm-hmm. And so he does. And she's like, yeah, um, oh, oh, I get, yeah, okay. So she's kind of like, her dream is coming true, but she realizes that the fantasy was better. Yeah. The idea of him in her head was better because like you see all of this stuff about him is revealed. Like he has like frame pictures of himself in his own wallet. Yeah. Which is such a, and so gross. Yeah. Pictures of himself all over his apartment. Yeah. Like they do such little things to show, not tell how gross he is. Like gross he is. Yeah. Can look at his apartment and know everything you need to know about this guy. Like the set decoration in this movie is also really good yeah. yeah it's perfect because you really because his family is like oh he's so smart and he's such a great guy and i mean bill pullman doesn't isn't even like and my brother's kind of a piece of shit like he's yeah he's rich but he's a piece of shit even he doesn't say that once she's she's getting this you know she's getting what she wants which is to marry him she confesses everything and she's like i i can't do this because i'm in love with the other brother and then she confesses everything and mm-hmm. it's uh even the comic timing in that scene of her going i object and then pullman going like i object too and then the uh woman who thought she was a fiance yeah like i changed object. her mind yeah, yeah came in and objected like it, it's just a really well written Mm-hmm. madcap scene and then and it's but- very heartwarming too when she's explaining to the family like i fell in love with not just the brother but i fell in love with your family and it was and i'm so sorry but i fell in love with all of you yeah and it manages to stay funny and light mm-hmm. but touching too because she's like i fell in love with you and Peter Boyle's like, me? And she's like, no, I mean, but yes, you know. And it's just like a little beat there, but it doesn't yeah. kill the moment. No, it doesn't. Because it's like, it's such a confusing feeling, I'm sure, that they're having where they're like, wait, what's going on? And then, of course, Sandy Bullock and Bill Pullman end up together and they live happily ever after. They do, and it's very and, cute. Yeah, he takes her on the vacation she always wanted and mm-hmm. uh, they ride away in a subway with the... Uh, car train with a just married behind on the back yeah i think this is a perfect storm of why it works i think you have two leads in bill pullman and sandy bullock who were able to totally pull off a very precisely written script Mm -hmm. and you had a director that i think really respected the material and directed it really well yeah do you want to know some people that were originally thought to be in it that i don't think this movie would have worked with if you just replace the actors yeah i don't think it would have worked with any of them i want to hear it but i do want to say like that's a really good point because the casting in this movie was so perfect they found the perfect people for each role and just the chemistry it was absolute magic yep it was so perfect so, yeah. yes, I can't imagine anyone else in these roles. Go ahead. Tell me. Tell me. Five years prior, this couple starred in a movie that was a gigantic romantic hit. Probably the biggest romance movie of the 90s, Ghost. Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze. Were offered this these roles? They were in negotiation. Oh, Well, Demi no. Moore was negotiating to play 
Lucy, and mm-hmm. then they were considering Patrick Swayze to reunite them. I just don't think that Demi Moore has the chops that Sandy Bullock has. Yeah, I mean, I think Demi Moore at the time was, you know, everybody loved her in Ghost. But yeah, I feel like Sandy Bullock just has this homegrown charm. Yeah. Like, she's just, and she just seems so sweet. And so, like, she seems like a girl from the Midwest. And I can't think of any time I've ever seen Demi Moore be funny. Like, even in One Crazy Summer, she's very serious. Yeah, know? she's, you know, and I'm. And that's not to say that she probably couldn't do a comedy, but I just feel like... Well, even she seeing her on the Bruce Willis roast, I'm like, you take yourself very seriously, Yeah, Demi Moore. I just, I don't think that she would have had the timing, you know? Like, no. she can't quite pull it off. Another couple that were initially offered the film, I am a... Huge fan of both of them, Mm -hmm. but I do not think this would have worked. Also, I think the age difference is very uh, upsetting. Okay. (laughs) Harrison Ford and Gina Davis. Oh, huh. I mean, Gina Davis can be funny. You know, she was in um, A League of Their Own and had to be funny and serious. But again, it's like, I just don't think she could have been that sweet she like something would have been missing there's There's 20 years difference between the two of them though and i just (sighs) yeah i think it would have been a little too it it wouldn't have been believable at all that was a brother right to whoever ended up playing the peter character if it was peter gallagher or not Mm -hmm. yeah there are only 10 years between bill pullman and sandy bullock yeah and nine years technically yeah yeah and I think Bill Pullman and Sandy Bullock didn't look like there was that much difference in age, even 10 years yeah. difference. Yeah, I, I think before Bill Pullman went with the gray beard, mm-hmm. he was definitely able to pull off a few years younger. Yeah, and I think if he shaved even then, he would still be able to pull off, you know. I get it. You like Bill Pullman. Listen, I just think he was like my first real movie star crush. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. It was Bill Pullman. <laughs> I just thought he was so, like, you know, how he kind of, like, has, you know, he kind of squints when he smiles, mm-hmm. and he kind of cocks his head to the side. Like, I just thought that was so charming and just the sweetest thing. And All right, so this is a dumb thing. When I worked at 96.3, mm-hmm. someone had a book of celebrity addresses. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this is probably, like, 1994, 95, or yeah. whatever. So it's right around when... This movie and the net came out and mm-hmm. uh, speed. And yes. I wrote genuine letters to people. Mm-hmm. Like uh, my old punk band did a song about Punky yes. Brewster and I mm-hmm. sent it to Slay Moon Fry and she left a message on my parents' answering machine. She did, which I think is the sweetest. Yeah. And I wrote to Tracy Walter and he wrote a handwritten letter back. Oh, that's so sweet. And I wrote to Gary Coleman and he. I got an 8 by 10 of Gary Coleman. Oh, that's sweet. I wrote Sandy Bullock and said, basically, it's just so stupid because I really like Sandra Bullock, but Mm -hmm. I just thought this was a funny thing to do. I said, uh, hey, just saw you in Love Potion number nine. You're pretty good. What have you done since? Oh, my God. Did not get anything back. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah. I feel like jokes like that work with your friends. Yeah. But um, when you try to joke like that with a perfect stranger, it doesn't usually float that well. 
I wrote uh, Stephen Piercy, the lead singer of the band Rat, mm-hmm. and said, hey, man, I'm a big fan of your music. Do you think you'll be doing shows in Michigan anytime soon if your boss at the gas station gives you a day off? You're <laughs> so I, mean. I was writing like really dicky letters. Jesus. <laughs> I know. Oh my God, you need to be nice. I was like 22, 23 years old. I mean, I guess, you know what? Everybody was kind of a dick that at that age. Yeah. Like when I think about me at 22 and 23, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I was an asshole. Oh, yeah. I, I was insufferable. I don't think I was insufferable. I just think I was such a mess. You know how you are when you're that age. You're just like, you have no idea what you're doing with yourself. And when I worked in radio, my ego was out of control. Hmm. That is shocking. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh. Stunned to hear that. (laughs) I don't like i do a joking blowhard thing now but i don't think i have an ego no i don't think you have an ego now i was joking that younger you would have. oh okay would have had i get ego. so nervous because no. i and i know i'm retconning history but i like to imagine that i've always been like the nice guy in comedy but like dan curry <laughs> told me once that when he and i first met each other i was a total dick to him and that to this day breaks my heart because i was like no i've always liked dan curry i think it's just like how you were writing those letters you immediately start to joke with people yeah i and i bust balls a lot yeah you bust balls a lot and i think sometimes you know that comes off as oh he doesn't like me like they don't people don't always get that you're just kidding right off the bat which is why i I try not to bust balls anymore unless i'm really close friends with someone yeah because but i've done that too where like i'm like oh you know like i just this person seems cool i want to joke around with them and i learned how to joke around from my dad and my dad plays mean and i would say not so nice things and be like oh wait no no like i'm i'm kidding like i'm not I'm, you know, I wouldn't realize it until, you know, you see someone's face and they look hurt and you're like, oh, shit. No, I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to be funny and, and I'm sorry it didn't it didn't land. <laughs> because I feel like there are two things that could turn this podcast into a drinking game. The first being <laughs> anytime we mentioned that we used to live in L.A. Oh, God. <laughs> and the like... second mentioning Johnny Mockney and We Are Movies. Oh, yeah. So when I did the christmas episode with him mm-hmm. somehow carl johnson came up in mm-hmm. conversation and i said you know I, I have kind of a weird feeling that carl might be mad at me and brett hayden was like ah, you know he's one of my best friends and i talk to him every week and uh maybe you should just like reach out to him and you know clear the air if there's anything there and i was like see and that's telling me that there is something there he's like no i'm not saying that i'm just you know, it hasn't come up, but I'm just saying that Carl's the same kind of guy as you. And, you know, he might be afraid to call you because he thinks that there might be bad blood. And I was like, I uh, I don't know. And then, like, so I ended up sending Carl a Facebook message uh-huh. and, you know, just small talking at first to make sure that we were OK. Yeah. And then, uh, like, I recorded with him on the podcast today and yeah. had a great time. Mm-hmm. But, like, the whole time I was like, what's the tone? (laughs) (laughs) Is he mad? Yeah. (laughs) But I I don't think he was. Or if he was, he didn't say anything. But, yeah, he's going to be on an upcoming Truthcast. And he's super funny on it. So Yeah, he's a funny dude. It made me very happy. Because I like Carl a lot. I do, too. Yes. I love him. I love his hat. 
Yeah. His hat game is on point. His hat game is on point. No one rocks a hat like he does. Like, Seriously. Like I am person. jealous of pronounced eyebrows. I'm also jealous of people who can pull off hats. And Carl can pull off a hat. He can pull off a hat. Yeah. And I'm very sorry about your hat that I made you throw away. No. It, that hat was a mistake. Thank you. <laughs> the hat was a clear mistake. I wasn't a fan. Yeah, I was going through a thing. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. It happens. We all go through stuff. We all have a phase. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I just went through my phase in my late 30s. <laughs> I mean, I've, you know, I think, I don't think a phase just ends necessarily. Like, we we all have, like, there's always a phase at some point. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, you can go through more than one phase, I guess is what I mean. Right. Thank you for picking this movie. I really enjoyed it a lot. Good. I'm very glad, and you are welcome. I'm so glad that you liked it, because you've been talking shit about <laughs> no, you the sweetest thing for... Yeah, but you've, you've picked more winners than losers. I know, but you also said that the sweetest thing counts as 10 bad movies. So. It does. So am I up, or...? <laughs> yeah, I guess you are up. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah. Good, All right, well, I love you a bunch. I love you a bunch. If my math is correct, next week I get to choose. Yeah. And then we'll do a You Made Us watch. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's one that um, people have, someone recommended on the Facebook group. I'm going to have to look and see who. Mm -hmm. And then a bunch of people jumped on kind of endorsing it. Horror movie called Student Bodies. Okay. That uh, I'm all about seeing. I believe I it's an 80s slasher flick fun that uh somehow flew under my radar even though i was watching every 80s slasher flick that i thought might have titties yeah well you know what there were a lot of yeah 80s slasher flicks with titties so i mean maybe you just didn't get to this one because yeah. there were so many apparently not i think tentatively that's going to be what are you made us watches okay sounds good all right cool well okay. until next time bye bye, bye.